Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Recapping last night, Sixers beat the Celtics in Boston. They're up 3-2 now. And once again, they're spreading the wealth here with guys who are having big nights. James Harden's had a couple of great games. Embiid has. Tyrese Maxey has. And now they go home with a chance to end the Celtics season. The Joker, 29-13-12. and he has 10 career playoff triple doubles, the most by any center in the history of the game. Also, Devin Booker is having a historical playoff. He has 359 points so far in the playoffs. That's most by any player through the first 10 games of a postseason since 1990 when Michael Jordan did that. Also, 71 assists. Jordan and Booker are the only players in NBA history with those numbers through the first 10 games of a postseason. Jordan did it a couple of times. But Devin Booker had another wonderful night. Now, he didn't have one of those 45-point you know, explosions, but I expected Denver to win, and uh, Joker played methodically great. You just watch, and, and you know what's happening. You can almost bank on what's going to happen. Uh, and DeAndre Ayton has no chance. Zero. And you're watching this, the Phoenix Suns know this, and I think if I'm the Suns, I think it's time to go to plan B. And maybe that's not DeAndre Ayton for this next game. All right, we'll get to more phone calls coming up. Steve Palazzolo, our good buddy, Pro Football Focus senior analyst and host of Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. And we've got our power rankings coming up for this upcoming season. After the draft, PFF has their power rankings. Okay, where do we get a surprise here with the best teams in football, Steve? I think it's got to be the Browns at nine. You know, so when we're running the numbers on this, there's there's a lot of data that says Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback, and he only played the five games last year. He wasn't great, but I think the Browns have a pretty strong all-around roster. They've done a good job just building depth over the last couple of years, and then it's going to come down to Deshaun Watson. So our numbers still say, hey, there's far more good than bad on his tape even though the good was way back in 2020. So the Browns being at nine in our power rankings, probably the biggest surprise, I think. 
Give me the team or teams that improved the most and affected their rankings in the offseason. It might be obvious, but the Jets, they're up at six for us. And again, it's, it's so, it's so quarterback driven. You know, we have a, a spot on our site that says, uh, not, it puts our power rankings together and then it shows, okay, the quarterback is worth X number of points, basically. So a Patrick Mahomes might be seven or eight points on, say, the spread, which of course is going to affect your ranking by about, you know, 15 spots, basically, for the season. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, going from a Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, uh, Mike White team, to Aaron Rodgers, who again may have regressed a little bit last year, but again, you know, this far more good data for Aaron Rodgers. He's the biggest impact player to move this offseason. So it moves the Jets way up and they already had a pretty solid roster around him anyway. What was the grade on Rodgers by pro football focus last year? I believe he finished in the high seventies. So it was, which was, you know, good, not great. You know, he's a guy that coming off his two MVP seasons, he was in the high eighties, low nineties. So it's from that elite area to just good. Um, obviously I think with Rodgers, there were other circumstances dealing with the rookie receivers, a late breakout from Christian Watson, losing Devontae Adams. So all of that stuff has to be factored in, I think, as far as context, but Rodgers was good, not great last year. But I think if he was to bounce back, it wouldn't really surprise me given the, his history. Let's take Rodgers out of the equation. Let's look at the talent with Green Bay and the Jets. Which roster is more talented? I think the Jets have the nod right now. It's it's pretty close. Green Bay had an influx. They had 14 draft picks. I think a lot depends on how well those guys get integrated right away. But if you look at the Jets, their defense got a huge boost last year. Sauce Gardner, the number four overall pick, who was the best corner in the league by our numbers. DJ Reed, at corner who they brought in in free agency last year. So that solidified a secondary that was terrible for years. They're loaded on the defensive line, the Jets. They're rolling seven or eight deep with guys that can rush the passer. It's going to come down to offensive line health, I think, for the Jets. They've had, they had a lot of injuries last year and that hurt them, but they've got playmakers. They've got players on both sides. I think the Jets do have a, a slightly better roster than the Packers right now. The least talented roster or rosters can be found where? I think it's Arizona. So the Cardinals, and, and which is why I, I loved their draft, you know, giving up draft picks or, you know, giving up draft position to, to look at next year. Arizona is completely depleted on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe offensively, you have Kyler Murray already. He's hurt. He's going to miss time. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins isn't there any longer. So I think it's Arizona. And then fascinating, it's it's the Rams, really. I mean, the Rams are they they have high end talent. They have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. But the Rams' depth is absolutely challenged. So those couple of years that they quote unquote went for it, starting to see what happens there, where they're depleted. They need a lot of young players to to step up. It feels like there's a groundswell, and maybe that's overstating this, that Arizona is going to be bad, and next year they'll be on the clock with the number one pick and maybe the second overall pick. Therefore, how could you pass up Caleb Williams? Could you see Arizona moving on from Kyler Murray after this season? I could see it. I mean, Kyler, it's a little more difficult now that they signed him. It's harder to move off that contract and everything. But Caleb Williams, I think a year from now, you're going to get Patrick Mahomes comps. You're just going to. I know it's unfair. I know we we should never use you know Mahomes or Brady or any of the the you know immediate Hall of Famers as as comparisons. But Caleb Williams has Patrick Mahomes types type of plays. He's a great runner. He has unbelievable arm talent, and he's he's just productive and he's really really good. So a year from now, we're going to be talking about this great prospect at a Trevor Lawrence level. And Kyler Murray, you know, who's coming off of an injury, we might see him for only half a season. Yeah, that's going to be a debate a year from now. And I could see Arizona trying to find a way to just bring Caleb Williams in. Do you remember what pro football focus thought about Patrick Mahomes coming out of college? 
Yeah. So like our, our overall grading wasn't great. You know, if you look at his entire career and you look at the data, nothing said this guy's, you know, future superstar. Now his last season, he did. He did play at an elite level. So I was trying to figure out how do you weigh that with Mahomes? He had quit baseball, which I thought was a factor. Um, and then when we, you know, those were what the, what the hard numbers said. And then what we said from an analysis standpoint isn't different from what a lot of other people said. It was like, hey, the special is there. He needs to learn how to play within structure a little bit better. And the upside is immense. And then he goes to this incredible situation with Andy Reid, with the Chiefs. And if you read everybody's Mahomes scouting reports, weaknesses, working within the pocket, decision-making, working within structure. (laughs) It was like he took every weakness and turned it to a strength his first year as a starter. So I think a lot of us had the same analysis on Mahomes, and then he goes to a situation where it was just perfect for his development. Did Pro Football Focus have Mitchell Trubisky rated higher than Mahomes? Come on, Dan. Why do you have to go there? Why do you have to go there? (laughs) Yes. Yes, we may have. We may have had uh, Trubisky, Watson, and Mahomes. It was a mistake. It was obviously a mistake, like other people. What what did I miss, though? Or maybe I didn't miss with Mitchell Trubisky, because I would watch him in college, but I never came away going, man, you got to go up and get that guy. Whereas Deshaun Watson did everything you want a quarterback to do. Beat Alabama, win a national title. It's almost like we saw too much of him. And we we love the, man, you got to see this guy. Well, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is, you know, like Mitchell Trubisky. You got to see this guy. So what was it that Trubisky did or didn't do that everybody fell in love with? I mean, looking back, I think there were a lot of concerns about Trubisky, but there was a lot of positives. I think one of the things that in his camp was the fact that he was a one-year starter. So it depends on how you look at that. As a one-year starter, you think there's more upside. There's more there. As a one-year starter, you could also say, why didn't he see the field earlier at UNC? People use that beforehand against him. Um, What's the same thing with Will Levis that makes me nervous? Same thing that, uh, uh, you know, we got a a few. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. I got to have more of a sample size than one year. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Joe Burrow had more than one year as a starter, but only one year elite. And Kyler Murray was a one year wonder as well, basically, as a guy that was sitting behind Baker Mayfield, sitting at Texas A&M for a little bit. So it kind of goes both ways. Um, So I think, yeah, with Trubisky, the thing with Watson, too, if you just really dissected his game, it was a lot of like one read and then he takes off type of stuff, changed his playing style in the NFL. And then again with Mahomes, it just felt like such backyard football in the Big 12 where you've seen a three-man rush half the time. It was like, well, this isn't translatable. <laughs> this this will never work, but you just don't you just don't see how special they are as far as wanting to get better and that natural playmaking and I think that's where a lot of us missed back in that 2017 class. And Steve uh, Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus senior analyst, uh you guys all in on Daniel Jones? No, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's in the middle tier of quarterbacks. I mean, so I, I think we're in a world where there's enough, there's a lot of starting quarterbacks in the NFL and Daniel Jones is one of them. You know, rewind 10 years. I think it was tough to find a Daniel Jones level starter. You know, Andy Dalton was like this cutoff where pe- if you were below Andy Dalton, teams were trading for, you know, whoever. Uh, so I think Daniel Jones is fine. I think he's, is okay. he Dak, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones? Are they on the same level? No, I think I think Dak Prescott's a, a tier higher than Daniel Jones. I think the one thing that Jones has going for him, I don't think he's as good of a passer as Dak Prescott. I think it's the running ability that Jones has and the fact that the Giants tapped into that. When he rushes for 700 yards, kind of quietly, but he picks up five, six, seven first downs per game, that stuff goes under the radar, and Daniel Jones does that extremely well. So it's not as flashy, but it's effective. That's the one thing I think Jones has. 
But I don't think he I, – I think Dak has far more of an opportunity of carrying a passing game than Daniel Jones does at this point in their careers. You're anti-running back in the first round, but two went in the top 15 picks. Mistakes by uh, Detroit and Atlanta? Yeah, I think they're mistakes, but it's also tough to – identify them you know like Bijan Robinson's going to go and he's probably going to rush for 14 1500 yards he's going to have 12 touchdowns and it's going to look like a win you know Saquon Barkley went number two and he won offensive rookie of the year and everybody's like look pick justified <laughs> uh but it it comes down to the wins and losses right the Falcons already had a top three or four rushing attack last year with fifth round rookie Tyler Algier yeah. they have the best running back room in the NFL does that actually matter in today's NFL I don't know but I don't know if we're going to feel it because the Falcons got so much better across the rest of their roster. It's not like they're going to win four games and we're going to say, see, you shouldn't have taken Bijan Robinson. It's more about the opportunity cost of other positions. So, um, yeah, I think they're mistakes over time as far as winning games. Um, but I get how you can fall in love with the players. Nothing against Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. Um, the Lions won, same thing. I don't know if you're going to feel it. I think their roster is so much better. They had four, uh, five picks in the top 60 or so. So, you know. They're going to be better this year. But I think over time, you'll feel it a little bit more because of the opportunity cost of other positions that they could have brought in. I would love to see Bijan Robinson used the way Debo Samuel is. I'd love to have him get 800 yards and 90 catches. I'd, I'd like to have that advantage there where I'm not you know, going to give him the ball and just pound him. But I would be able to have those strategic matchups. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, that kind of situation. And And I had a scout tell me, you know, he's got unbelievable hands, and I wouldn't use him as a primary back. He's just a, I would just have him as a weapon. His position is a weapon and use him accordingly. He is that good. I mean, you see, there's plays on film where he's running the seam and adjusting to off target passes as a receiver. The one caveat to that, though, when Debo Samuel, who is really a wide receiver, the defense calls him a wide receiver. When he lines up into the backfield, that breaks defenses. You have to bring a corner into the box. You have to, you have to just change your, your run gap fit, your, your run fits and all that stuff. Running backs don't have that type of mismatch ability as much as, say, a Debo, who's a receiver by name, treated as a receiver and then plays running back. So it's, it's a, it's, it's similar, but there are some differences where I think Debo has the advantage. Don't be a know-it-all, Steve. Okay. I'm sorry. It was a good idea, Dan. It's a good idea. Once That's again, you- Mitchell Trubisky, you guys love Mitchell Trubisky. All right. We've all grown and learned. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, good to talk to you as always. Thank you. We uh, always appreciate Pro Football Focus. That says Steve Palazzolo, the uh, senior analyst there, co-host of Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. Yeah, when you go all in and you have, you know, those opinions and then those opinions just stay there. Somebody goes, oh, let's look back on what your opinion was. And, you know, I've had opinions where you're going, gosh, I hope they forget about that. But then there are other ones where, God, is he going to remind us again that he thought this? Yes, Paulie. I wonder. It's almost redundant. Like, like Mitch Trubisky, he plays. He basically played one year as the main starter. Thirty touchdowns, six picks. He did nothing wrong in college. Like, there's almost no bad tape to show because it's such a small sample size. Remember, guys like Achilles Smith way back in the day, they had that breakout year. Or Mark Sanchez at USC, one great year. Yeah. And you get out while you're still hot. There's nothing to nitpick. Yeah. I just I, I don't want to take a quarterback who's played one year. And we see it. Um, and then, you know, you got to factor in. Will Levis couldn't start at Penn State, starts at Kentucky, was good that one year. You know, last year, not as good. I know he's banged up. Anthony Richardson. That's the one where you go, why aren't you dominating every game? And then, you know, Dan Orlovsky said, well, do you see his wide receivers? Okay. 
Did anybody bring up Will Levis's receiver? Like, how many times do we do this? Where you go, hey, have you seen his receivers? All right, you're at Florida in the SEC. I think you have decent talent there. But Anthony Richardson's fascinating. And and the things that I've heard uh, from a source is how he handles himself preparing. Like, he, he wants to be great. It's... Sometimes when you have that much athleticism, you, you're like, uh, I can get by on natural ability. Like, this was my criticism of Kyler Murray. I think he's always been this elite talent. I don't know if he's ever put in the time to accompany elite talent. And and when you see that happen, that's where you, you get guys like, you know, Jordan or Isaiah Thomas. Like, they put in the time, and then on top of that, being great players. Uh, Brady you got to put in the time. But he didn't have the athleticism. Mahomes had the athleticism. We just didn't know if playing against Big 12 defenses and him just having fun in the backyard, if that was going to translate. But you go and Andy Reid's your head coach. You already got talent there. You sit for one year, and now all of a sudden you're the best quarterback in football. Yeah, Paul. Anthony Richardson of Florida is fascinating. Because remember we came in that day, I think Florida-Utah, that really good game to start the season – and Richardson had three touchdown runs and 100 yards rushing. We were going, he's a September Heisman guy, September Heisman. And, and, but the month of, floor, uh, month of September, he had zero touchdown passes and four picks. Yeah. He ran the ball great. But then he finished really well. The last four weeks of the season, he had 10 touchdown passes and two picks in his last four games. Florida's already out of it. They're out of the national title picture. So we talked about it, but as a passer... His last four games were really good at Florida. And I'm rooting for him because you want to see somebody take advantage of that athleticism. And, you know, get him running with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they could they could be a whole lot of fun. And that's always a division where you feel like it's up for grabs every single year. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the final hour on this Wednesday. We'll check in with the Celtics. Also, Kenny Smith, NBA on TNT, will join us. More phone calls as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. 76ers took care of business in Boston last night. Balanced attack. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden knowing his role, distributing. And uh, they win it comfortably. The Joker had 29, 13, and 12. The Nuggets beat the Suns. They're up 3-2. Joker now with more career playoff triple doubles than any other center in NBA history. You got a couple of games coming up tonight. It's the Lakers, and uh, Golden State is a uh, favorite there, sizable favorite. Also, the Heat at the Knicks, that's coming up tonight as well. According to DraftKings, Miami getting 3.5 against the Knicks. The Lakers getting 7 against the Warriors. Spent um, too much time in the first hour talking about what Mike Greenberg <laughs> proposed yesterday on Get Up and talking about if uh, you know, you're the Lakers, do you rest LeBron James and Anthony Davis for tonight's uh, game? Do you take the L and then get rested up for the next game going back home for game six? And Greeny was serious when he pitched it, and that was what was surprising, that I thought it was one of those, hey, what about... What if you did this? Well, at first I thought what he was talking about was maybe you go into the fourth quarter and you're down by 15. Do you then rest everybody? You have Anthony Davis and LeBron sit down and then rest you know, for game six. I understand that, but can you imagine the Lakers that uh, you know they reach out to the commissioner or the commissioner would reach out to the Lakers and go, wait, 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 what? what's happening here? LeBron and AD are not going to play? Uh, that'll be a sizable fine for you. They're not injured, right? Now you can make a case AD is always nicked up, but how would that go over? And it wouldn't go over because the commissioner is going to go, no, I need you to play. Uh, and I can't imagine you go to LeBron James and go, LeBron, uh, you know, you're an old guy now. Uh, Dylan Brooks called you an old guy, so maybe you should sit down and rest up for games. LeBron's not going to sit down. You've already won at Golden State. I can't imagine any anybody going, you know what, let's rest up, and then we'll wait for the Golden State Warriors. All right, well, uh, what's the poll question for the final hour there, Seton O'Connor? Yeah, we could put up there if we pivot back to the Celtics pivot. a little bit. All yeah. Right. All right. The problem with the Celtics is the players or the coach? Oh, boy. Which it still feels unfair. Yes, because Joe Mazzulla shouldn't have been in this situation to begin with. Right. 
But he's in this situation, and now we start to question. I mean, I had a problem with not calling a timeout at the end of game four. I'm going to put this on the players. And Steve Buckley, who joins us now, he's a columnist for The Athletic, and uh, he was at the game last night. And, Buck, I, you used a word that I used, lethargic. Like, I'm watching the Celtics, and I'm waiting for something. Uh, is there something there with this team that they do get angry and they're going to come out differently in Philadelphia? Well, that's a, that's a big question. And I, I was shocked, I was stunned uh, that we didn't see it last night. I would have thought that the manner in which they lost game four, <clears throat> Missoula not calling the timeout, Smart getting the shot off late, uh, uh, Jalen not being on uh, – being on the other side of the court for the three-pointer that essentially won the game. I thought they'd come in with this mission, and they, they were lethargic. There was no energy, and uh, which really it, what really stunned me at the end during the post-game media access was, was Tatum, who, whose play I really enjoy. Uh, he's just a great player, saying, uh, I guess it just wasn't our night. And I wished I'd put it in the column. I put the quote in there. I wished I'd put at the very end, I can't imagine Kevin Garnett saying that after a playoff loss. That, that, that's, that's how high stakes that team was versus what we've been seeing from the Celtics in the postseason. What's missing? Uh, I, I, veteran leadership. I know Al Horford uh, did God's work the other day trying to see the sunny <laughs> side of what happened uh, in, in game four. And he said it uh, with such such statesmanship that I believed him, that, that he was going to see this thing and the Celtics were going to learn from it and so forth, and, and that didn't happen. And I heard what you said uh, about Missoula. Yes, he was put in a tough spot. And, yes, he's a young first-year coach trying to coach in the NBA. And we know how difficult that is no matter who you are or what your resume is. Uh, but this, and I do agree with you, still comes down to the players. If they are going to be stars, or as we say in Boston, stars, yeah. they, they really have to deliver, and they have not done so. What's the fallout if they bow out? That's a great question because uh, you don't want to mix sports, but – the Bruins and Celtics both went into the postseason looked upon as teams that were going to win championships. A local insurance company put out caps that were, and they had a Celtics logo and a Bruins logo, and they were given free to all the fans going into both teams' games in the playoffs. And just yesterday, Montgomery and the Bruins held a press conference to admit all the things that he did wrong during the postseason. And then we've got the Celtics last night. If it was just the Bruins, we'd forget all about it. If it was just the Celtics, we'd forget all about it. But if they both lose in the early rounds, it's going to be remembered. Here's your fallout. It's going to be remembered as the year that both the Bruins and the Celtics spit the bit. Does Jalen Brown want to stay there? I don't know. Uh, you, you get into that whole Mookie Betts thing where did he want to stay? Did he not want to stay? And Oh, we couldn't resign him, so we had to trade him, and uh, and and that'll be until Mookie writes his book, one of life's mysteries. And uh, I, I would say the same thing with uh, Jalen. Um, is it? I mean, Joe Missoula, is he going to stay as the head coach? I would say yes, because it would be embarrassing for the organization. They they put him in as the interim coach, 
And they were so wildly impressed with the job that he was doing that at a certain juncture during the season, they they took a pen and scratched out interim and said, you are our coach. Yeah. For them to remove him from that perch now would be from its management saying, oh, we, we, we screwed up. We, we shouldn't have done that so soon. So maybe they step up and do that, but I doubt it. Yeah, and maybe he learns from this. Yeah, I wondered about it. I don't know if anybody brought up him being out coached during the regular season, but now all of a sudden it's being brought up because he didn't call a timeout or whatever kind of matchups, the Sixers and Harden and, you know, all of those things. But um, it just feels like there's a little bit more of a groundswell, or at least it's a topic bar about him and the inexperience and being out coached in this series. A- a- any of that? Is there validity to that? Uh the timeout thing was was a running thing during the season. Uh, him not calling timeouts—that's not new. That that was uh, people who cover the Celtics on a day-to-day basis and who will know a lot more about the X's and O's than I do. I do a great job reading about it, and I more than, on more than one occasion uh, there were concerns about when and how and if and why he called timeouts. Uh, that it's being magnified now is because a it's the playoffs. And B, that particular non-timeout happened to be a crucial juncture of a, of a playoff game uh, that they lost. So obviously that's going to explode into prominence. Where, where I don't see an issue, and this is going to get a lot of talk, is that he can't, he's too young, he's too, he can't coach them up. Uh, they're, they're going to tune him out because this is the NBA and it's only five guys on the court. And if you've got five stars, they're not going to listen to this kid from Rhode Island. Um, uh, it, that may come out later on, but uh, that was not a concern that I had during the season. I thought that he, he comes across as very intense um, and, and very nerdy on the metric side of things. Yeah. And uh, he just seems to me like a 21st century NBA coach. Steve, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Take care. That's Steve Buckley. Column is for The Athletic at the Sixers-Celtics game last night. Lethargic's the word I used. I'm watching going, man, is there fire? Is there is anybody breathing fire here? And, and I couldn't help but think of Kevin Garnett, Larry Bird. You know, somebody's been in those situations where you go, yeah, you know, maybe it was just uh, not our night. That's, I don't want that. It's still like a ho-hum. Like, ah, well, oh, well, get him next time. I'll get some phone calls in here. Uh, Bob Huggins is expected to be back at West Virginia next season in Wake. I'm I'm reading something on ESPN by uh, Pete Thamel. Uh, Huggins expected to be back next season in the wake of using an anti-gay slur during a radio interview earlier this week. Sources telling ESPN. Huggins has agreed to a million-dollar salary reduction, a significant suspension, Sensitivity training. He makes $4.2 million. He's 69 years of age. Let's see if there's anything else. Uh, They took two days to deliberate this. And I wondered, because he is a West Virginia guy, went there, and I believe he's the active leader in wins in college basketball right now. I mean, none of those are reasons why you go, well, of course he's going to keep his job. I wouldn't have been surprised if they fired him. Um, and if you were going to have him suspended, I was wondering, do you suspend him for an entire season? But uh, they made their decision. Um, 
He's been at West Virginia, Kansas State, Cincinnati. He's got 863 wins. Uh, yes, Seaton. Feels like maybe West Virginia waited two days to see what the reaction yeah. was to it. Yes. It got picked up by almost no one, so, well, we could probably just fine him and suspend him a little bit and still yeah. keep him. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he had a quick apology. Uh, you know, it, it's. Which is ridiculous. And his apology was an absolute joke. Yeah. He's heartbroken for oh, what he got. Oh, shut up, dude. Anybody who listened to that audio, yes. you weren't heartbroken. That was something you've said a hundred thousand times with your buddies. Knowing the rivalry in Cincinnati with Cincinnati and Xavier and him saying that, and it's almost like he forgot it. He was on, and he's on WLW, which is a powerful radio station. And you're on with a host, Bill Cunningham, who uh, is a provocateur. And it felt like Hugs was just talking and got caught up in being Hugs. And then all of a sudden you throw that out there about the Catholic bleeps. Um, I was, I was shocked. Absolutely shocked how he said it, and then there's giggling. So it wasn't like you go, oh, my God, did I just say that? It was like, yeah, I said it, and then giggles. There wasn't even like a, whoa, hey, no. hey, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, no. coach, you can't say that. There was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, what a joke. Yep, but uh, I, I was surprised. I thought that it, it was going to be maybe suspended the entire year or fired. And I've known him a long, long time. And and uh, I enjoy his company. He's he's a very entertaining guy. He's a great coach. But in that situation, I'd have no problem if they fired him. Yeah, Paul. It, it seems like athletic programs or teams have like a sliding scale: the offense to how much we need you. You know, did you have a twenty-three win season last year? We're we're gonna take, give you sensitivity training. You had a fourteen win season last year. Ooh, we fire. were thinking about firing you yeah. anyway. Now we have an out. Yeah, and we don't have to pay you. It is a sliding scale of how good are you and what is, you know, what what's the grievance or, you know, what's the issue here? But uh, West Virginia, according to ESPN, is uh, going to bring hugs back with a lengthy suspension and uh, he'll surrender a million dollars. We'll take a break. Kenny Smith from TNT will join us coming up next here. Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more. MBUSA.com. Greg in South Carolina joining us as we wait for Kenny Smith from TNT. Hi, Greg. What's on your mind? What's going on, DP? Hey, bud. 61180. Uh, two quick things. First, my Nuggets are one win away from the Western Conference Final. Joker is playing out of his mind. We potentially got a bubble rematch between the rested Greenies Lakers and my Nuggets, so that would be awesome. The second thing... Um, I am getting married this Saturday. I'm very excited about it. I know you have been giving marriage advice before on the show, but wanted to get you and the fellas marriage advice as the big weekend approaches. Thanks. Oh, it might be too late. Uh, you're getting married on Saturday, correct, Greg? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, let's go around the room. Advice for Greg getting married. Seton, I'll start with you. Uh, my advice for wedding day always is remember to smile. People are taking a gajillion pictures and don't get caught looking like anything other than a massive smile on your face. Todd? I would say really take in the moment and just kind of let it – it's going to go fast enough. Try to just look around you and take a deep breath and really appreciate it. You'll have the pictures, but enjoy that live moment in time. All right. Thank you, Todd. Marvin? Take as many pictures as you possibly can. Wait. You don't take them. No, no, no. Take pictures with people that oh, are okay. – you know. Okay. Paulie, your advice for Greg in South Carolina. Have an enforcer at your wedding. Someone you designate if there's an issue, if someone drinks too much, if mm. someone's not doing their job mm. or whatever it may be, mm. you, you designate the wolf. It could be a family member or someone, an enforcer. And remember, it's your wife's day and your wife's mother's day as well. And 
the person who paid for it as well. But you're going to be saying hello to people that you won't see again and maybe you haven't seen before, but you got to be patient. And as everybody has said, soak in the moment as much as you can because it does go by very quickly. And, and good luck, Greg. Thanks. All right. <laughs> that didn't sound enthusiastic. Hey, congratulations. Good luck, Greg. Thanks. Uh, I think we, we gave him, like, real advice, and instead it's yeah. like, you pull down someone's pants in the middle of it. Kenny Smith, three-time Sports <laughs> Emmy-nominated analyst, TNT Inside the NBA, and he's written a book, Talk of Champions. TNT will present extensive second-round and exclusive Eastern Conference Finals live game coverage coming up. Good to see you again, Kenny. You wrote a book. How long has this been in the works? It, you know, it took about maybe 11 months to write, 10 to 11 months to write. Um, it was very interesting because when I first told Charles and Shaq, I'm like, I'm writing a book and it's a tell-all book. <laughs> and they were like, wait, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, but it's actually a, it's a book, tell-all book about all the great things I learned from great people and you guys are part of it. And what I did then was instead of like having chapter one, two, three, four, five, it's each chapter is named after a specific person, Dean Smith, Bill Russell, Jordan, like all the people that I took for granted that everybody had the, those type of people in their, in their life. And I'm like, I, w- I was writing it then and, and I'm sending in chapters and the editor goes, you realize like every chapter you're sending someone, they have a book writing about their life already. And I was like, I, I have a, a daily interaction if I want to with these people. And I just want people to understand why, feel better about themselves when they read it and go, oh, that's what makes me successful when I do that, the way Jordan did it, or, you know, whomever. Well, you you had a chapter when you went to Sacramento, and you talked about Bill Russell, Bill Russell's impact on you. And I loved it because it was his impact on you as a man, Mm. not necessarily as a player. And you would want wisdom from Bill Russell, the greatest winner of all time, but there's so much more wisdom that he imparted. Yeah, and that's why he's the greatest winner, because the winning is not just in one aspect of his life. You know, and, and in the book I talked about it, you know, we were sitting on a plane, like one of the stories we were sitting on a plane, and um, he, he was the general manager and the president of the team and the coach. So, you know, a lot of, lot of responsibilities, and he's looking at this sheet, and it hit my, my job as a rookie, I had to sit next to him on every plane ride and every bus ride. And so no one, so that was my rule, his rule. And he's looking at these players in Yugoslavia all over the place. And I go, coach, there's not a better player in Alabama or the same. Like you're flying all the way over to Yugoslavia. And he stopped me right there and he's like, Kenny, as African American, you can never not want inclusion. And I'm going, whoa. Like he took a moment that I was casually joking about. Yeah. and gave me a life lesson, and that was him. And, you know, so same thing with, with like I said, with Michael and Charles. Like, some of these things are not bas- – most of them are not basketball lessons. It's the way I shape myself as a parent, financially, uh, everything. Jordan is always fascinating because you both went to North Carolina. Your paths crossed. He goes to baseball. You end up winning two <laughs> NBA championships. Does How often does Jordan bring up if he didn't go play baseball, you'd have no NBA titles. Well, first of all, he did come back. He was wearing number 45. And when he had 55 <laughs> points in Madison Square Garden, nobody was talking about he was rusty. Only until the Orlando Magic beat him. Then they're like, oh, he's rusty. 
you know, so no, he was back. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, of course, in his heart, he's going to believe that. But I, I just think that our teams would have beat them. And I just won. I don't think that it's well, – there's no eight-year champions. That means he would have won eight straight titles. You don't think they would have won eight straight? No, I don't think – and the documentary proved it because there was so much internal things. That's why Horace Grant left. And so the fact that when Horace Grant – people forget those two years, there was no Dennis Rodman and no Horace Grant. That's why they lost to Shaquille and, and Orlando. They were too small. It wasn't that Jordan wasn't the greatest basketball player we still had seen. Like, they were just too small. And they had no one to, that was big enough or good enough to guard a king at those two years. And I think we would have won because of that, not because of not the lack of Jordan's greatness. There was no Grant. And then Rodman comes two years later. Yeah. Then they go on that second three-peat run. Now, if they had those two guys, I might be scratching my head. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm glad he went to baseball. <laughs> a better center in your mind, Akeem or Shaq? I, I, I don't know if it's better, but what was better for me would have been Akeem. Like, because of the style of play that he played, he, it, it allowed me to kind of still, you know, be flourish and do things that I do. I think Shaq is so dominant that, you know, at times, you know, you become, your role just keeps decreasing. Uh, so for me, it's just better playing with a king. I, w- I would say that. So for me, I would take a king. I know that uh, LeBron with social media, there's more people that, you know, move in for the kill and they're more critical with him. I'm wondering if people, if they had social media, would they have gone after Jordan the same, the same way it feels like social media it's either they're with LeBron or they're against LeBron. It felt like everybody back when Mike played, even if he was coming to your town, you went to see Mike, and it was okay if he beat your team. I, I wonder if so, how he would have done with social media and vice versa. I, I, it would be scary with Michael with social media because his popularity would be through the – I mean, he was already the most recognizable face in the world. Yeah. You know, he's, he was, he's musically what I, you know, I think I said this the other day. He's like, he musically was what Michael Jackson was. Like people would faint when they just saw him. Like, and social media would have only expanded that for him because, because he was the first that we, we hadn't seen what he was doing. We had never seen that. You know, we seen a taste of it with Dr. J, you know, but we had never seen what Michael was doing. And social media would have just exploded that even more, uh, on it. Um, so yeah, it would have been scary how popular he would have been if social media was there. LeBron, as great as he is, when he's at his greatest, he's taking a piece of something we've already seen. Yeah. So that's what doesn't, that's what might separates Michael. We're talking to Kenny Smith. The uh, book is Talk of Champions, a uh, three time sports Emmy nominated analyst. Mike Greenberg brought this up that maybe. The Lakers should rest tonight, rest their starters tonight, completely rest them. Um, I I wasn't sure. Against who? Against who? And I, was, I didn't want to take it out of context, but I was thinking, could you imagine? First of all, the commissioner wouldn't allow that. Second of all, LeBron's not going to allow that. Uh, if you're down by you know 18 in the fourth quarter, then you can rest them. But could you imagine if... 
the Lakers actually said, you know what, we're going to sit AD and LeBron and rest them for game six? That would be the most arrogant display <laughs> of disrespect of your opponent that would ever be in the history of basketball. That When we talk about respecting your opponent in the game, that would take it to such a level of insanity. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's insane who said it. I'm saying the action of that is insane because what if in game six, you, you think you're that much better than a team in your game six, the first play of the game, AD twists his ankle. Yeah. Then what? Yeah. And, and, and the other thing about this, the next two out of the next three games, if you can get to a game seven are in Golden State. Yeah. So they are a bad road team, but they're not a bad home team. So no way would you do that. That would be, that would be insanity. Like, and then tell them, wait, might as well, let's add some more fuel to it and let them go to Vegas to blow up some steam <laughs> while they sit out that for that but, day. but Harden got to go to Vegas. I know Rodman got to go to Vegas. Right. When, when exactly. He... Exactly. So let's add that to the equation. Take a day off LeBron and AD. Go to Vegas. Come back, and we'll see you later. Did you ever take a oh, charge man. on Shaq or Charles? I never took a charge, but I, I have with, with Shaq. The ball was like a loose ball, and I didn't see him, and he dove for the ball. Oh, boy. And he hit me and landed like, like half of his body landed <laughs> on my shoulder and my arms. And I got a rug burn from the floor based on his string that lasted three weeks. I couldn't, like, I literally had to wear a pad in practice because I couldn't do it in a game, but I had to wear a pad in practice because it was so tender because of his force that made me, he's an incredibly huge human being. Yes, he is. But Yao Ming is bigger than Shaq. I don't think he had the same force even when he was as big. Yeah. Like, Shaq's force was still bigger than Yao Ming. Good luck with the book, and uh, we'll be watching Eastern Conference Finals. They'll have the uh, live game coverage. The book is Talk of Champions. He's Kenny Smith. Thank you, Kenny. Good to talk to you again. Man, good talking to you, my brother. All right. Uh, phone calls coming up. Yeah, they the chapter about Bill Russell I found really interesting because I'm fascinated with Bill Russell, the man. I, we we got to see what he did as a player, but then you saw what mattered to him and what he went through and who he was. And uh, I I was around Bill Russell numerous times. I never had a real conversation with him. There was there was a little bit of an intimidation factor of I I didn't know how to start the conversation with him because he's not a even though he comes off he had that you know that big laugh and I just. I didn't know what the entry point was. You know, hey, <laughs> you won a lot of championships. <laughs> hey, uh, you're a great player. What was it like? <laughs> because I did want to ask him about Wilt. That What was that like? Because, you know, you didn't have that many teams in the NBA back then, and you're facing Wilt, uh, you know, a, a lot more than you would in today's NBA, you know, facing an opponent. Yeah, Marv. Was John Thompson like that also? Like very yes. intimidating? You didn't know how yes. to start the conversation? Yes. And something changed. Something changed almost like it did with Patrick Ewing, where 
I, I was around Coach Thompson, and it felt like I, I was on the same level, and he allowed me to be on the same level talking to him. And he had done some research, he later told me, to find out if I knew basketball. So two of the greatest coaches of all time, Bob Knight and John Thompson, did a background check on me to see if I knew what I was talking about. And, and then after that, and he told me that, and I said, well, how did I do? And, and he was like, he had some fun with it. And he said, yeah, you know a little, you know a little. <laughs> okay. But Patrick Ewing was the same way. I sat down to have dinner with Patrick Ewing and Mark Jackson and John Barry in San Antonio. And I wasn't invited. Uh, Mark was going to dinner with Patrick, and he knew Patrick didn't like the media. And I said to John Barry, I said, well, we're not good enough to go to dinner with Mark Jackson. Let's go. So we ended up going to the same steakhouse. We walk in, and next thing I know, John sits down. I don't sit down because I know Patrick doesn't like the media. And then John goes, sit down. And I sat down. And next thing I know, Mark Jackson says, tell Patrick uh, who's a better center, him or uh, Akeem. Uh-oh. That, that's the icebreaker. And I go, oh, my God. I said, Akeem. And Patrick goes, yeah, I agree. And then we sat down for probably uh, close to three hours and just talked. And that changed everything. And to this day, I consider him a friend. Um, and we text uh, quite regularly. Let me get a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Brian in California. Brian, thanks for holding. What's on your mind today? Yeah, Dan, uh, I've heard you mention a handful of times that uh, you think um, uh, Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And uh, I scratch my head quite often when you say that. Uh, and I'm curious what your uh, definition of a Hall of Fame basketball player is, because in my mind, I don't think he really does. He has any of the large stats like steals, you know, points, rebounds. Uh, he's just kind of like an intangible guy. Uh, so curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, he's part of uh, a great team, uh, a dynasty, and he's been defensive player of the year, I think, a couple of times. I think being a, a key contributor to four titles. And uh, I think he was two-time Big Ten player of the year. They factor in your college uh, resume as well. Yeah, I think he is. It doesn't jump out that you look at those numbers and they're crazy numbers. I mean, Ben Wallace, he doesn't have crazy numbers. He's a Hall of Famer. Dennis Rodman, got great rebound numbers. He's a Hall of Famer because he played with the Bulls. He wouldn't have, I don't think he would have been a Hall of Famer. He was great with the Pistons, uh, but playing on a winning team, that's... That helps you. If you don't have big numbers, playing on a winning team, contributing on a winning team, being a, a key player on a winning team will get you into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Paul. Like Andy Pettit or Bernie Williams or Jorge Posada, Posada. Like those guys are all cusp Hall of Famers. You know, I think I don't yeah. know. And yeah. it's because of the run they had with the Yankees. Posada wouldn't get sniffed for the Hall of Fame with what he did. He was a very good catcher. But Draymond's a Hall of Famer. He just yeah. is. Yeah. Part of a great run. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today? What up, though? One time for chat roll. It's kind of funny that you're talking about Draymond. First of all, we love the fact that you asked the questions. The audience appreciates you and Steve Palazzolo going head-to-head, man, with the little friendly fire, the great on Mitchell Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. We really, really love that. Um, 
the difference between like Jordan Poole and Draymond right now, from my understanding, I got people that do the games, the sheriffs and police. They say that Jordan has been getting upset because they've been hur- hurling insults his way. Draymond responds, I got rings. And my question to you is this. At the end of it all, with the Celtics being one loss away, Golden State being one loss away, which offseason will look, I guess, the most drastic for which team if they end up losing? All right. I don't know what's going to happen in Boston if you're going to keep Joe Mazzola as your head coach. Um, I don't, I, I've never felt like Jalen Brown was in it for the long haul with Boston, that maybe he wanted to have his own team. Um, I don't know his relationship with Jason Tatum, but it just felt like, and, you know, they were trying to trade for Kevin Durant, and, you know, maybe he felt exposed or vulnerable there. Um, Golden State with Draymond, I think he's got one more year player option. I, I would not sign him long term. Jordan Poole is the big mystery here. He has not been the same. Decent regular season, terrible postseason. Didn't score the last game. Yeah, Mark. He got his money, so he didn't bet on he himself. He did get paid. He did get paid. But, yeah, that you're watching that. You're, you're waiting for, if they put it all together, with Wiggins and Poole. Uh, you know, Kevon Looney, he was a topic there for a while. Hadn't been a topic. But, uh, I mean, I even saw where people say, maybe it's time to move on from Steve Kerr. And I went, Really? because, and maybe if he enabled Draymond or he didn't have control of this team or doesn't seem like he did, I wasn't sure about that, but I would say Steve Kerr, although you can question some of the moves that he's made, he's still a Hall of Fame head coach. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.